The views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732 748 1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello, and thank you for joining me. This is Here's the Thing. I'm Lauren Cardinal, your host. If you missed the intro, I'm a board certified hypnotist and certified life coach. I help my clients have a happier, more fulfilling life. I'm so glad to be here this week. Welcome. I'm thrilled that you're here to join me. Tonight, we're going to be talking about whether you should stay or go. And this could be a relationship, a job, even a place. If you'd like to get some coaching around one of these, please call. The lines are open, 732-748-1079. I usually talk for a bit and then take calls, but feel free to call in sooner if this topic hits home for you. I'll be talking for just a few minutes, so if you don't mind waiting just a bit, you can be the first caller, first person we talk to. Now, in last week's show, we talked about things that could be hiding in unexpressed anger. Anger that's withheld or repressed can really start to eat away at your desires, robbing you of your dreams, your peace, your prosperity, and your joy. So we explored how to bring anger to the surface in a healthy way, in service of the power that it actually contains, because anger itself is actually neutral. We're the ones who start attaching it, the negative and the positive and the pieces around fear. But anger isn't bad. We just seem to relate to it that way. And we tend to want to get distance from it, to disown it. And this is important because when we disown a part of ourselves, we actually begin to draw it towards us and others. And the way that it works is that if we can't be with our own anger, we end up projecting it out onto other people. And then we actually draw towards us those people who will express for us our own unexpressed anger. So finding healthy ways to express anger is the way to integrate it to vocalize it and release it. And if you'd like to listen to that show or any of the prior shows, you can find the podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com. I got everything loaded on there so you can listen to any of the previous the previous shows. Now tonight's show is brought to you by North Star Asset Management, investment advisors located in Panther Valley with over 30 years of investment experience helping people create long-term success with their financial plans by choosing the appropriate withdrawal rate. If you're at a distance from their location and aren't sure of whether you're in their service area, just give John or Andrew a call. They may be able to come to you. For more information, call 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. 
888-900-9991, or you can find them online at www.nstarinvest.com. Now, as many of you know, I'll just go over this quickly. As many of you know, last week I actually started the Summer Slim Down series of weight reduction hypnosis sessions. One of the main benefits of hypnosis is to help make change easier. And I say it every week. Isn't it time to let this be easy? And that's what I mean. Changing the way you think, feel, and behave to get the results that you're seeking. And as it pertains to weight reduction, we'll be doing sessions on regaining control, changing your self-talk, increasing the desire for exercise, and increasing, increasing metabolism. We'll also be doing sessions on establishing goals for yourself and reinforcing the belief that all of it is possible. So if you're sitting there feeling that your body and exercise level aren't a match for who you see yourself as or who you know yourself to be, regardless of where you are right now, then these sessions are for you. Yes, you can make changes. Yes, it's possible. And this is about making changes more easily making it consistent, drug-free, and sustainable. So the event began last Wednesday, but if you'd still like to sign up, you can get a CD for last week and then come to the remaining seven sessions. But as another option, I'm offering a separate block of four sessions from June 7th to June 28th, so the second four weeks. And if you're saying to yourself, well, I'd like to, but just stop right there and reach out. 973-418-2170 is my direct line or you can email me at lauren at laurencardinal.com. And if you're driving and you aren't able to write the information down, you can just search for me on the web, laurencardinal.com. There really are a lot of ways to reach me. I also wanted to give a shout out, this is very exciting for me, um, about the Hoboken International Film Festival. It's an exciting event that's coming up starting next weekend. It's May 19th through the 25th. And the lots of great movies, independent films. Um, we, I'm going to be there on Saturday night because the gentleman who is the best man in our wedding, he and his wife, have created a movie. He wrote the movie. She directed it. They both star in it. It's called D-Love, and it's on Saturday night at the Hoboken Film Festival. Super excited to see it. And, of course, there, I think there are probably they're short films and I, there must be at least 100 films they're showing and I just read something about the home Hoboken Film Festival today that it's one of the 10 biggest film festivals in the world and the Hoboken Film Festival is actually in Greenwood Lake New York in Monroe New York and the reason for that as I understand it is uh, several years ago with one of the hurricanes that took place it wasn't easy to hold the film festival in Hoboken, so they moved it up to Greenwood Lake. And that's where it is. If you'd like to check out more information, it's Hoboken International Film Festival, and it's coming up this weekend. And I think to see, like the Saturday night premiere, it's um, $11, something like that. So it's a great way to see some new, upcoming, independent, short films, uh, and even full-length movie films. So you can check it out. They have all the movies listed. So now back on topic and back to the show. We're talking about should you stay or should you go? If you'd like to call in and get some coaching on this topic, I'd love to speak with you. Call 732-748-1079. 
And we're going to explore this topic because it comes up a lot. It's likely the number one question people have asked me over time. And that is, should I stay or should I go? So I want to see if you feel like you're on the fence of some sort. If you feel frozen in a decision around leaving a relationship or a job or a place. Because being in the middle can really feel tough when the transition peering back at you is requiring decisiveness and courage and action. So today we're going to explore the ways in which you can bravely make the choices to support you in going at your own pace. And that's the most important thing, going at your own pace to take the action to make the jump that you desire most. So if you want to call in and get some coaching around this, around this feeling of being frozen and indecision and being on the fence, what I want to remind you is that it's not so much about the right decision as it is about movement. Because movement is what mobilizes possibility in your life. Have you heard the, the expression analysis paralysis? That we get so caught up in the thinking about things. Thinking about things in our heads so much it gets us spinning. And doing something, taking action of some sort, even one small step, a phone call or an email, can sometimes be enough to just get the ball moving, to create a shift and get you out of your head. And the beauty of it is that you can always course correct. So if you want to call in and talk to me live on the air, please call 732-748-1079. You know, I had an experience or heard a voice about uh, making a change a long time ago when I first went for hypnotherapy training. And I took some initial training. It was 100 hours of training. And I talked myself into using it to get my feet wet and get started, and I did. It was definitely valuable. But the program that I really wanted to attend was out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I had small children at the time, and the idea of being away for 10 to 12 weeks was just not, it's not going to happen. But it kept whispering to me and kept tugging at me, and I found when people were asking me about hypnotherapy, I was talking about this program, and every time I talked about it, it regenerated my desire about this program. And I knew I needed to do the program in order to be the kind of hypnotherapist that I really wanted to be. I wanted the 500 hours of training. I wanted to help people make relevant and significant changes to aid in their healing, both physically and emotionally. So the action that I took was I started saving money to go. And once I started saving, the decision to do it just seemed to come more easily. And as an aside, I was able to do the training in chunks rather than going for the whole 10 to 12 weeks. So it made it easier for my family and me too. And all of this, all of this, the whole process of going so that I can stay, it led me to understand how critically important to us all, it is to begin to listen to that voice inside of us. And that voice that likely started out as a whisper, 
but may now be screaming at you because you've avoided it for so long. You know what I'm talking about, that whisper that we try to reason away. And I get it. I'm, it's part of perceiving things in a different way when we try and rationalize and talk ourselves out. And there's absolute benefit in that as well, perceiving things in a different way, a more productive way. It is about f- reframing the way you see or experience something, and there's benefit in that. And even benefit in changing your approach to it. But the questions that remain, the voice that comes up inside you will continue until it's heard. And that is the voice of your truth. I often say that the way we feel in our body is our tell. You'll hear me when I talk to people on the air. I ask, where do you feel that in your body? And I do that for two reasons. One is so that you can identify what the feeling is and what it means so that if it comes up for you again you can respond by feeling rather than solely by the dialogue you create in your head and the second reason I do that is so that you resonate with what your body is telling you now we move through life going from from thing to thing to thing that we often don't hear what our body and mind are really telling us and yes I said mine there Because the feeling in your body is based on an emotional response, which comes from your subconscious mind or your higher self, your truth. And we power through with our thinking and analyzing and willpower when the emotional part has been there from the beginning, perhaps with a whisper. But now maybe you can hear it loud and clear. I often think of it Like when we're starting to get sick, you know, we're powering through, we're doing our work, and almost like we're saying, well, it's not really time. Yeah, I could use a little bit of rest and have a little bit of a sore throat, but I'll get through it. And we keep powering through it and powering through it. And your body may have been telling you for some time that it's time to slow down. Maybe it's headaches or more frequent sore throats or not eating all day because you're stressed out. Until one day, you get a wallop of an illness and it stops you right in your tracks. It's like your body and mind are saying, I've been telling you and telling you, and you just weren't listening. So now I'm taking action, and you're staying put. Go ahead and try and reason yourself out of this one, right? So we feel sensations in our body before we even connect them in our minds, this whisper, this desire. It's there. And... Thinking about this, it reminded me of something that I read years ago before I started in hypnotherapy and just trying to remember who the author was of this book. And it was Malcolm Gladwell in his book called Blink. And I was able to go back and find what I was thinking about. And in this, the portion of his book, he calls it The Second Mind. It's an an excerpt. And He describes the part of the brain that runs our rapid decision-making system. Now, I mentioned the rapid decision-making system because we often think of that as the gut response. We, and that's why I say, where you feel it in your body when you think of that, because it is the emotional part and your body responding, and there are tells there. So I just want to describe this, this, What do you want to call it? I think it's kind of a study. 
So in the book, he says, imagine that I asked you to play a very simple gambling game. In front of you are four decks of cards, two red and two blue. Each card in those four decks either wins you a sum of money or costs you some money. And your job is to turn over cards from any of the decks, one at a time, in such a way that maximizes your winnings. What you don't know at the beginning, however, is that the red decks are a minefield. The rewards are high, but when you lose on red, you lose a lot. You can really only win by taking cards from the blue decks, which offer a nice, steady diet of $50 and $100 payoffs. The question is, how long will it take you to figure this out? So a group of scientists at the University of Iowa did this experiment, and what they found is that after we, the group, turned over about 50 cards, most of them start to develop a hunch about what's going on. And in the book it says, we don't know why we prefer the blue decks, but we're pretty sure at that point that they're the better bet. And after turning over about 80 cards, most of us have figured the game out and can explain exactly why the first two decks are such a bad idea. This is much straight, as this much is straightforward. We have some experiences, we think them through, we develop a theory, and then we finally put two and two together. That's the way learning works. But the Iowa scientists did something else, and this is where the strange part of the experiment begins. They hooked up each gambler to a polygraph, a lie detector machine, that measured the activity of the sweat glands that all of us have below the skin in the palms of our hands. And most sweat glands respond to temperature. But those in our palms open up in response to stress, which is why we get clammy hands when we're nervous. What the Iowa scientists found is that gamblers started generating stress responses to red decks by the 10th card. 40 cards before they were able to say that they had a hunch about what was wrong with the two decks. More importantly, right around the time their palms started sweating, their behavior began to change as well. They started favoring the good decks and taking fewer and fewer cards from A and B. In other words, gamblers figured the game out before they figured the game out. They began making the necessary adjustments long before they were consciously aware of what adjustments they were supposed to be making. And the Iowa study is just an experiment, of course, a simple card game involving a handful of subject and a polygraph machine, but it's a powerful illustration of the way our minds work. There's a situation where the stakes were high, where things were moving quickly, and where the participants had to make sense of a lot of new and confusing information in a very short time. And what does the Iowa experiment tell us? That in those moments, our brain uses two very different strategies to make sense of the situation. The first is one where we're most familiar with. It's the conscious strategy. We think about what we've learned and eventually come up with an answer. This strategy is logical and definitive, but it takes us 80 cards to get there. It's slow. It needs a lot of information. And there's a second strategy, though. It operates a lot more quickly. It starts to kick in after 10 cards. And it's really smart because it picks up the problem with the red decks almost immediately. It has the drawback, however, that it operates, at least at first, 
entirely below the surface of consciousness in your subconscious, your emotional brain. It sends its messages through weirdly indirect channels like the sweat glands on the palm of our hands. It's a system in which our brain reaches conclusions without immediately telling us that it's reaching conclusions. So pretty interesting, right? So when I ask, where are you feeling it in your body? It's the way for you to understand what your tells are, like the sweat glands in the palms. What are the ways that you can know your body and what you're feeling, whether it's in your gut or your chest or your throat or your shoulders? What is your physical response to let you know the emotion that you're feeling so you can figure out your conclusions before your mind can reach the conclusions? So when we talk about whether you should stay or whether you should go, and you hear the whisper and your desires are there, that's the reason. It's for you to bring the subconscious more to the conscious so that you can make those decisions more readily or at least have that awareness of the desire. So at a subconscious level, our body knows what's happening. That's the whisper. Our body registers the question of should I stay or should I go? And what I would say at the outset is if you're asking the question, should I stay or should I go, if the question is even alive for you, it likely means that your heart or a part of you has already made that leap. And that there's a part of you that already knows the answer and is already in the leaving. And your head just has to catch up with your heart like your head catching up with the conclusions. And that's the integration work that we begin to do here, you and I on the phone. We need to begin to integrate the desire with action. And listen, I get it. I totally get it. It's, it's exercising courage. It's exercising that bravery. It's exercising that leap. Yet, it's embracing the courage, the strength, and it's harnessing the self-worth and the self-value and the belief in ourselves that has a step into the light on our own. So that's what we're working with today. So again, whether it's a marriage, a relationship, a job, or a place, if you're contemplating leaving, how do you know when it's time to move on? And as I said a little bit ago, the truth is that your heart or your higher self or your inner truth has already jumped and your head may just need to catch up with your heart. So if you have something on, the, on your mind for relationship, a job, or a place that you're considering leaving, give a call. Let's talk about it. Let's see where we can integrate the subconscious with the conscious or the emotional with the reasoning and get that integration going. 732 748-1079. And when, when things have been crumbling for some time, you may be in a bit of denial, and it, it may take an explosion of exponential proportion for you to wake up. So you've been hearing the whisper, you've been ignoring it, and things start building. And sometimes it takes that explosion for us to hear it and to take action. So that it takes that much for you to even hear the voice. And if that's you, just be grateful that you hear the voice now. Also keep in mind that we have to look at the ways 
that we're creating chaos to avoid the truth. Think of it like a screen. Sometimes if there's something that we know will take action or that when your heart is spoken and you know it's time to leave, but you're not ready to face that, we create lots of, lots of things to do. I know that if I have ironing to do, I can find a whole bunch of other jobs to do that need to be done right at that moment so that the ironing just can't get done right then. Similarly, we create other chaos to avoid the truth because that's what's happening. We create chaos to avoid the truth. And again, a part of us knows and the other part of us doesn't want to listen or see. So we want to come into alignment around that. We have to see the choices we have around being numb and going back to sleep because we think that's the easy way out. Or can we step in and embrace change and really get ready to make the leap? Because the thing is, the easy way out or the easy way out choices will truthfully bite us in the keister in the end. That's the bottom line. And what happens when we stay in a situation that isn't working, that we're denying ourselves, and the truth, the truth is that our needs, our health, our well-being demand to be heard. So even if you don't heed the call, the truth will come out, and unfortunately it will likely come out sideways. So perhaps you'll become ill, or feel depressed feelings, or you'll start expressing those needs in self-destructive or self-sabotaging ways. So this really is an invitation to pay attention to those whispers that you've been avoiding. And it's really time to admit to yourself what you already know to be true. So I would love to talk to you. If you'd like to get some coaching around this, please call in at 732-748-1079. And it's important to understand that any change that you make is a process. So be gentle with yourself and allow this process. Even if it's been 10 years in the making and it may be coming to fruition now. Perhaps it's about honoring the space between no longer and not yet. And that might be where you are. There's a lot there for all of us in the way of resilience in terms of learning about your capacity and shifting the recovery time because that's what we really have control over, our reaction and the way that we recover. So the piece around avoiding creating the chaos is actually about not moving too quickly. So not moving from the place of reactivity, let's say not moving so quickly that you in the trying to get out and in the trying to have it just be done, that you actually overlook or overstep yourself in the process. I have a friend who was contemplating divorce. She was actually pretty adamant about it. And what was holding her back was the fact that she and her husband have four children and she didn't know how they would handle it. She got to a point where she knew what she would do regarding the kids. And then I posed the question to her, questions to her well who would stay in the house if you stay where would he go what about all of his things his clothes his tools his life when and how would those things leave the house or would they stay 
And if they stay, what does him coming back to the house look like? How often? How does that happen? That's the place, that space between no longer and not yet. That's where resilience and maturity come in. She has since made her decision to get herself in order, to have all of those questions answered in her mind, so that it, it does not create the chaos that she's actually trying to avoid. So another instance, sometimes you feel stuck. Although you've made progress, your friends and family may be telling you what progress you've made. And it behooves you to give yourself credit for that. We get impatient with ourselves, and we just want to be there. And that's why I started out with it being about the process. And it doesn't happen overnight. And we want to start getting ourselves more comfortable with being in the process than wanting or wishing it were any other way. And that's what I'm talking about. If we can be in the process, the recovery time actually quickens. If we start asking ourselves the questions that don't actually serve us, like, why is this still happening? Or why am I still feeling this? Or why haven't I got over this? Or why haven't I let go? The truth of the matter is that those questions, to me, need to actually be transformed into self-compassion. Because it's not about the, why is this still happening? It's about, instead, turning that into, of course this is still happening. Of course I'm still here. And I'm learning how to move through this more quickly and more smoothly without getting snagged or stuck. And that's how we can see our growth. Not from shying away from it or pushing it away, but from actually standing fully in it allowing it all to be here and being able to move through it without snagging or hooking along the way. Great, so we're just going to take a short break and we'll be back with more about should I stay or is it time to go? For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com. And now back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD and your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello and welcome back. Again, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal. So tonight we're talking about should I stay or should I go? Whether it's for relationships or a job or a place. And the invitation here is really around moving into a more 
self-acceptance and self-forgiveness place, the correlation between resilience and endurance. And endurance really is about enduring a difficult situation, sticking with it, how much can you take, when resilience is really about recovery. And the space between no longer and not yet is about resiliency. It's about the self-resourcing. It's about learning how to make yourself a priority. Because there's nothing you can do about what someone else does or doesn't do, and you can't change the facts about the past. What you can do is heal your relationship to what happened. You may be trying to find comfort in the discomfort as things get figured out. The comfort in discomfort. And I say that frequently, that I try to find comfort in my discomfort. Because putting ourselves into a place of discomfort, particularly by choice, really is where the growth takes place. And here's something else to think about. I had somebody pose this question to me one time, and it actually stopped me in my tracks. I love this question. When people are debating back and forth of that, should I stay or should I go? Should I do this? Shouldn't I do this? Should I buy this? Shouldn't I buy this? When considering that change, what if someone told you that you couldn't do it? If someone said to you that you could not do that thing that you are considering, what comes up in you? What changes in your body? What are you feeling? And whatever that is, that's something to pay attention to. And it can help further define or refine your answer or make that whisper speak a little louder. And there are often limiting beliefs or shadow beliefs that have been holding us back. But your true self knows differently if you're having, if you're experiencing this discord. If you're unsettled about something, that's your inner guidance saying that what you're experiencing is not in line with what you know yourself to have or to be or to experience. So admit to yourself what you already know whenever there's a discrepancy between what we say we want and what we're actually experiencing. It's because we're serving an old commitment that we're even we might not, not even be aware of. So we put certain beliefs in place as a survival strategy. And the beliefs that we have do come from our subconscious because the role of your subconscious is to keep you safe and happy, even if it doesn't make sense in our adult life or how we're living now because those beliefs are usually formed when we're younger. And that belief served you at one time to keep you safe and happy, but what it's actually doing now may be sabotaging your success or what you want. And that is the basis of where hypnotherapy comes in, to change those inlaid beliefs that we accepted when we were young that no longer serve us in our adult lives, but that we may not be able to seem to get away from continuing to serve. A commitment to being invisible, to staying comfortable, not rock the boat, not shining bright, not making money. All of these things are beliefs that we adopted somewhere along the way because they did serve us. And there is importance in that. There's a part of us that, to a certain extent, it is still serving. 
But if it's not serving you in your adult life for the excess that you want at a conscious level, there is the opportunity to pay attention to that. And it starts with awareness. Everything always starts with awareness. And part of that is the awareness in your body, how your body feels, and then taking that awareness to a thinking level. And then maybe finding a little discomfort as you continue to grow. And the fear of success and the fear of failure are two sides of one coin. And so there are the ways that we self-sabotage in a way to actually not allow things to work out because what that would entail could also be daunting. Generally speaking, people, people, all of us, all of us make changes when what we're experiencing, what, the fear of the unknown can't be more uncomfortable than the fear of the change. When we're at our point where it's like, okay, this is enough. I've had enough. Anything has got to be better than this. That's usually the point where change will take place. And that's changes in behaviors, changes in thoughts. And I know that I've been there. That sort of that I've had enough, it's time. And that's important to, to be aware of. Again, awareness is, is the key. Awareness is the key. So at a point right now, and I want to, we didn't get a chance to get to a visual, visualization last week. Before I get into the visualization, if anybody would like to call in, I'll give you another opportunity to, to get the call in. We'll have a coaching, do some coaching here. Otherwise, I'll move right into the visualization. So give a call if you want, 732-748-1079. That's 732-748. 748-1079. Okay. So moving into the visualization, if you are at a point, a place where it's safe for you to close your eyes, I'd like to ask you to do that. And just begin taking a nice deep breath, a belly expanding breath. Notice your breathing. And you're breathing nice and soft and gentle, that it almost begins to feel as, e- as if each breath in naturally leads to the next breath out. And that breath out easily leads to the next breath in. Each breath in leading to the breath out and easily leading to the next breath in. It may begin to feel as if your breath is becoming more of a, a circle of breath leading to the breath in and leading to the breath out. And now notice how naturally that happens for you, beginning to feel as if your breath is a continuous circle. The more you breathe, the more relaxed your body becomes. And you let a nice, comfortable heaviness feeling travel into all of the muscles of your body. You may already be be thinking about how good it will feel. A wave of relaxation and heaviness floats down, floats down your body. And now notice the circle of breath even more, like it has a flow of energy all its own. Easy, gentle, peaceful, continuous, absolutely no effort from you, just a beautiful, easy circle of breath. And begin to notice yourself inside of this energy, inside of this circle of breath feeling the gentle movement, the color, the sensations, 
the deeply relaxing sensation and let your mind be totally immersed in the freely moving circle of your breath. And what I want you to do in this place is imagine a wonderful, a wonderful place, a marvelous place. It can be any time, anywhere in the universe. It can be somewhere you've been, a place that you've always wanted to go, anywhere you're like, and you're, you're creating this space. And in this space, some wonderful things. It's completely calm. It's completely passive. But it's also productive. There's nothing in here that the space that you've created that makes you feel strange. There's nothing in here that makes you feel sad or worried. It's completely wonderfully calm and productive. And while you're here, every nerve, every muscle, and every fiber feels wonderfully relaxed. And you can feel all that energy coming from your mind, from your imagination, and helping you look around this place, helping you discover this place. And if you can't see things, describe them to yourself or make them up as you go along. It's fine. Just letting it happen. In this special place, create a unique receptacle into which you can put anything special you need to remember. In your special place, you can create a different receptacle for every occasion or emotion, anything. You can fill a receptacle of yours with information you need to remember or fill it with feelings or emotions, perhaps filling it with feelings of calm and joy or confidence and decision-making abilities. Any receptacle you create is here in your special place where you can get them later, anytime you want. And every nerve, every muscle, every fiber is feeling safe, calm, secure, relaxed. And I want you to know that while you're in this place, the results, and the reasons, and the things you've experienced that need sorting will become clear, crystal clear. You'll be able to make decisions clearly. You'll be able to feel the right feelings, crystal clear. And you'll feel absolutely wonderful. Just trust yourself. You'll be able to enjoy yourself. Just while you're here in your special place, allow something amusing or something amazing, something remarkable to come into your place and be there with you and just enjoy it for a moment. And while you're here, create a special place within that special place, a place of pure calm, a place where the wonderful flow of energy just moves through your body. And you can feel that safe, warm, comforting calm. And now all you have to do is remember this place. And you can go there even if you're fully awake, fully aware, moving throughout your day. This will help you de-stress, calm you. It will help your mind help you make decisions, help you stay centered. Fabulous. Take another nice deep breath and open your eyes when you're ready. Good. Good. And we do have a caller. We have Dave in Los Angeles listening online. Los Angeles, great. Hello, Dave. Hello, Lauren. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. So what did you want to talk about? Um... I was listening in the, in the beginning. You were talking about the um, about being stagnant, about uh, sometimes not being aware of you know about about moving. Um, mm-hmm. And can you can you repeat that that saying that you said about about movement? You mean about? Um, oh yeah. What? Let me check my notes here. About not about that place where you're not 
you're letting go, but you're not quite there yet? Is that yes. that place that you're talking about? Yeah. 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 And also about movement creates movement and change. Absolutely. The smallest of action, the smallest action right. can make that movement, can help that, that change starting. Mm-hmm. So are and you feeling you, stagnant now or is that something that you experienced? No, that's something that I've, I've had experienced recently and it was very difficult for me to get out of. And it was had a lot to do with um, the loss of my parents and mm. um, getting through that. Uh, and, you know, there was a time where I didn't even want to leave the house. And, uh, you know, and it's once you, and once you go down that road of of no movement, it, it's it's easier to to just like keep locking yourself away, and then mm-hmm. uh, it, it's turning that you know that ball in the other direction, which is tough. But sometimes through friends and other you know people that you meet, uh, sometimes you can change that course of direction. And once that starts going, I think that movement was very, very helpful for me, and but yet very difficult at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sure, that discomfort, that area of discomfort. How did you do that? How did you get yourself out? You mentioned supportive friends. Did you um, reach out by phone and kind of work on it that way? No, actually, we... Um we, we always had a lot of supportive friends, but this, what started for us is we met someone actually at an airport um, who was looking for a ride, mm-hmm. and we were able to help them. And uh, that the way this person pretty much lived their life was kind of like a twig on a, in a stream and just went in different directions, and it gave me a different perspective of, uh, of direction in life. And it really changed my perspective in the sense of trying to let things go instead of trying to fight the stream. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also that and my, my, with the support of friends and my wife helped me go through a grief counseling grief group, which I never thought I needed. But then I started listening to people and I started that, that, the universal flow of listening to what else is going on. Mm-hmm. And, it was very, um, it was very helpful because once you just kind of pick up your legs and go down the stream, then you just, you know, uh, face what's next, and it, it's a lot easier to face instead of just standing in the water trying to go up the stream. Right. You know, it's interesting. That reminds me of, and I've mentioned this to a number of people. There's somebody that I listened to, uh, Esther Hicks, and. She said, I may have even brought it up on the show before, and it sounds exactly like what you're describing, that so often we get in our boats and we, you know, want something. So we paddle, 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 paddle upstream, and we paddle, paddle, paddle. And the idea is, well, you know, don't paddle upstream, go with the flow. And so what we end up doing is turning our boat downstream and paddle, 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 paddle downstream and just paddle, paddle. When the idea of what's being said, and it sounds like exactly what you're saying, is just let go of the oars. Right. And sometimes you don't want to go all the way downstream. You just want to get across the river. Mm. And, but Good maybe point. you're yeah. not. So, and that's where you just got to pick up and let the river take you, uh, which isn't always easy because, you know, change isn't always what you expect, you know, or, or how you expect it. The type of change you need isn't always in the, in the package that you expect. Sure. Sure. So, what were what were the 
the learnings that you had and the changes that you received as opposed to what you thought you might get? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I guess when I say that is the person that we picked up at the airport was not, um, you know, he, he looked like he's a world traveler and I wouldn't have expected to got to get the knowledge from this person that we did mm. experience, mm-hmm. but it was more of experience knowledge and, um, about mm-hmm. dealing with problems mm-hmm. and adversity. And that to me was, uh, very, o- very opening to the sense of it got me writing again. And what it did was eventually I started writing about the loss of my parents and that's what became, uh, that in itself became very cathartic and very helpful. Mm-hmm. And, um, because it's never going to, you know, especially with Mother's Day just passing, it's, it's never going to go away. Sure. It just does get, it get, does get further away. But, um, you know, getting back to yourself, if you're a writer or, or whatever you do, getting back to what you like to do is, it, is how, for me at least, is what got me back on track. Um, so the, the writing you mentioned was cathartic for you. So is that something, if you were to ever feel similarly in the future, is that something that you might turn to because of your experience with it to just get in and start writing again? Yes, absolutely. And sometimes it's not very easy because the first time I started writing again, like especially about my parents, you know, I was pretty much crying every time I started writing. So it's not always enjoyable right off the bat. Um, but... Again, that's a part of the, uh, the cathartic, you know, sure. relief and feeling, but it was, you know, very helpful at, at the same time. Sure, because when you're holding on to, to that grief, as much yeah. as any other emotion that affects our, our bodies and minds negatively, it's like we're holding on to toxins, and crying is definitely a toxic release. So to me, it makes perfect sense how that could be cathartic, even though you may not say, oh, great, let's let's sit down and write so that I can cry some more. But I would expect that afterwards, each time you did it, you just felt better and better and better. Yeah, I, absolutely. And even closer to my parents, which I didn't expect. Interesting. How so? Uh, remembering, you know... Um, times, remembering them, remembering what they would have said at the time, remembering what, um, you know, discussions, but also, you know, I didn't really think of that too much until just now, but remembering what they would even have said to me at that time, which Mm. was interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect that. So do you think that by doing your writing and having that, that cathartic experience allowed you to to experience or remember those, to have those memories because it was easier to think about them then? I guess what I'm saying is, was it was it more painful to remember them before so you're pushing them away? And that by having the tears and expressing the tears, it allowed you to, to be able to pull them closer to you again. Exactly. And I don't think I thought of it that way until you just said that, but I think that absolutely the case because when you're thinking of them of other ways if you're reminded by a a a movie or 
a loss, you know, a movie with a loss or um, even a song. It's not, uh, it's kind of sprung upon you and I don't think you're, Mm. it it was a lot harder to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, when you're writing and you're going down that road and you're thinking of the experiences of, you know, a vacation or something that you did with your parents or whatever, then, you know, uh, to me it was more welcoming in that sense of, uh, of, of thoughts and experiences. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, go down that road because funny enough, I mean, I remember like, like a month after they had passed, I was in home Depot and I just, I hear a song on the radio and I just broke down in the middle of the store. Yeah, sure. Uh, it just comes out of left field. Yeah, sure. But, and that's one yeah, of the things that changed for you as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't break down in stores anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so your wife is ready to to be with home in, at Home Depot with you again, right? Exactly. Yeah, I well, don't have to go to the store by myself. Well, you know, and I think it's interesting what you talk about. Certainly, being in Home Depot and breaking down would may encourage other people to look at you in concern, and we don't necessarily want to draw that attention to ourselves. At the same time, from where I sit, I mean, people cry around me all the time. I have comfort with it. And I think I'm honored when people share their tears with me because it means that they're expressing an emotion that they're feeling. And I'm just thankful that that they can express it. Um, So I think oftentimes we also have beliefs that crying is not okay. And from my perspective, I think it's great. Relieves the toxins. It gets you to identify with the feelings, and it gets you to release them. So that, like you said, you're in a um, a better place for dealing with the emotions. Yeah, and that's interesting too. From a you know a guy's perspective, you always think you're not supposed to cry, be strong, and stuff. But though, when it when it comes down to an experience of like losing your parents, something so strong, you won't, you don't even care anymore, and. Mm-hmm. You, it just is too much that it just doesn't matter. And it's like, this is how I feel, and that's that. So. Great. So, yeah. Dave, do you want to share with us anything about what uh, what you've written? Um, yeah. It's actually my, uh, it's uh, my wife and I, it's our first, um, it was my first screenplay, and it's called D-Love. Great. D-Love. And um, we've, uh, put we've made it into a movie actually, and it's very exciting. And we're now getting into film festivals, and um, it's doing. We're doing pretty good actually. It's a lot of fun, and you know, stressful but fun, but enjoyable. And now you know, I still even tear up sometimes watching that because when I wrote that, it was uh, it was literally coming from my heart, and it was about the loss. Sure. That we are sure. And resonating with where you were at that time when you wrote it. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, for for yeah. those people listening right now, um, I did mention the Hoboken International Film Festival in the beginning of the show. And I want to thank Dave for calling in. He is the person that I was speaking about that um, has shared so wonderfully with us tonight, uh, who is in in the film festival this weekend that we're going to see. So thank you, Dave, for calling in and sharing that that very Absolutely. special and private experience for you that you're now sharing with the world to a certain extent. 
Yes, and thank you, Lauren. I really enjoyed listening to your show. Thank you very much. Great, great. Thanks for calling in, and uh, I'm hoping to talk to you again soon. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye, David. Bye-bye. Bye, Lauren. So, great call, great call, sharing, um, and the tears. That's fantastic. Uh, in closing, I like to include some quotes at the end of the show. So, uh, let's see, Socrates, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on the fighting, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And another quote, unnamed, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything, maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't really you, so you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. I would like to thank my sponsor, North Star Asset Management. I would like to thank Dave, our caller, and I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight. Set your phone calendar alarm and tune in next week at 7 p.m. You won't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night. For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908 850 9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com.